before we get too far into this, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Uh, they're coming on the uh, uh, Racer X podcast show in a big way. Pulp 22 is the code to save with Racetech. And they do motos. They do suspension work. They get the right spring rate for your bike. Get your suspension serviced, for God's sakes, and safe with the folks at uh, Racetech by telling them you listen to Pulp MX. Use the Pulp 22 code, and uh, you can get some discount deal on, uh, on uh, all things motor and suspension work for your motorcycle and thank you to all balls racing it's getting to be warmer and warmer and after a long winter your bike may be ready for some tlc a carburetor rebuild kit from all balls racing to get your bike in a top condition and ready to hit the road or trails to find the carburetor rebuild options along with a large selection of other power sports maintenance and repair parts at allballsracing.com the all balls racing customer service team is ready Give them a call, 555-402-8000 for more information. All Balls Racing, they're all in, so you can go all out. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, this time with Suspension Direct's Dan Worley. Worley's a good buddy of mine. He was a factory mechanic for a number of years, won some championships with Stefan Roncata, and then went on to a real interesting career in the sport, and of course now is the owner of Suspension Direct, which we'll get into more of what it's about and what they offer and everything else, but in between, Dan's got some great stories of uh, working with a lot of riders and teams over the years, and fellow Canadian like myself, so really looking forward to talking to Dan, and hope you enjoy this one as well. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing, whether it's the Kinetic Mesh, whether it's the Kinetic, whether it's the Evo stuff, whether it's the Zone Pro Goggle, Fly Racing will have you covered. You can get it all from Motorsport, motorsport.com, of course, and uh, yeah, they've got a color, they've got a style, they've got a price point, anything that'll suit you, and the Formula Helmet is just amazing as well. Really, thanks to the folks at, uh, at Fly Racing for making this podcast happen, amongst other things across the pulp uh, uh, genre. So thank you to Fly Racing. Also, Renthal, you saw the purple limited bars that came out. Well, they're all gone, basically. So find them at your local dealer if you can. But they're gone pretty much. But they have a lot of other colors and styles to suit you, whether it's a fat bar, fat bar, fat bar 36, twin wall bar, 7 eighths bar, uh, renthal.com for more information. They have a really cool, informative website. And if you thought they were just bars, oh, no. They're sprockets, they're chains, they're grips. They got mountain bike stems and bars as well, carbon and aluminum bars uh, for mountain bikes. Lots going on with Renthal. Thank you to Renthal. You look at Honda, you look at Kawasaki, you look at KTM. Three factory teams, they all choose Renthal, and they've been Renthal forever. So uh, you know that it's pretty good. Uh, they've been in business since 1969 also. So uh, thank you to those guys, and also thank you to Maxxis Tires, Kay Clayson. 
putting in main events, doing great things with Maxxis tires. Uh, Jeremy McGrath developed the MXST, so you know it's pretty damn good. Light truck tires, trailer tires, and their mountain bike tires are really good. Uh, I like the Minions. Uh, Asiago, I think it's pronounced, is really, really good as well. Maxxis.com for more information on that. Get them at your local dealer. And if you haven't tried a set of Maxxis tires, well, maybe it's time, man. Thank you to the Maxxis guys for coming on this show. And uh, motorsport.com, Kobo Links, we'll talk about later, as well as All Balls Racing. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into more things with Dan here uh, and really, really interesting conversation, um, suspension stuff and, and why teams do certain things and why riders do certain things and why companies do certain things and all of that. So you may not have heard of Dan Worley, but I guarantee you're going to like his story. So thanks for listening, and here we are. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, it's a good friend of mine, a fellow Canadian. He's been very, very successful in the uh, motorcycle world, first as a, as a mechanic and then a factory mechanic, and then now the owner of Suspension Direct, which is a really, really cool company with a lot of neat things going on. It's Dan Worley. What's up, Worlds? How are you, man? Good, good. Just in Vegas for Works Race, actually, yeah. and hanging out. That's nice. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, too, for Suspension Direct supporting the Pulp MX show. That's, uh, that's cool. No, we've been talking about doing we something like that been. forever, we and <laughs> it just finally needed to happen. I'm glad it has. Yeah, I'm glad it has, too. Uh, let's uh, let's get into a bunch of things, because you have an interesting career, and um, you did something that I don't think a lot of people could do, and I want to get to the bottom of you sort of walking away from being a factory mechanic, because that's not something everybody does, right? Um, so we'll get into that. Uh, I want to find your, your decision on that. Um, but first off, suspension direct. So... Uh, obviously, you've really hit it out of the park with the e-click shocks that you make for Raptors and UTVs and, and Jeeps and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but you really started it first as a hard, a place to get hard-to-get suspension products, whether it's shims, whether it's adjusters, whether it's the internal components or forks and shocks. What? Let me go, let me go backwards here. What did you see lacking that you – why to start this company? Because I remember when you did it, uh, you know, you helped out JGR over the years. You've helped out Factory Yamaha. And I remember thinking, like – Okay, that's a weird business. Like, w did we need that in the world? But tell me, tell me what you thought. Yeah, you know it's funny. It all started back in the day racing, and I broke a set of KX forks. Okay, and I needed a cartridge rod. And actually, you raced against him. Vic Stewart's dad ended up machining me one. Yeah, because oh. to buy the rod. Oh, which, so this is like before you came to America. This is like yeah, Canadian, right? like because it was so right. hard to get parts. Yeah, and it really, really sucked. Yeah, so. We end up machining one and making it ourselves. And a cartridge rod for, cartridge for a rod. KYB Cowie fork or something. And yeah. it should have been, like, probably realistically back then, a $20 part. Yeah. And to buy it from Cowie then was probably, even up then, it was like $700 okay. for a whole cartridge rod yeah, assembly. Yeah. I'm like, why is this that way? <laughs> or then moving down, like with Yamaha, yeah. and I don't know if it's still the same way, but if you blow a shock seal, you need to buy a whole shock, which a shock's probably $900 now. We'll, buy, we'll sell you the seal yeah. for eight ninety nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. just made no sense. So yeah. the OEs didn't want to break it down. And I understand that because part numbers, inventory, space, time, it's so much easier just to have a whole shock yeah. than yeah. all these parts. Yeah. If you look but, at a microfiche, you can't find individual parts sometimes. You just got to buy the whole thing. The whole yes, thing. Right. And so for all the tuners, especially out there, there's a lot of small guys tuning. And that way they can just get what they need. Yep. And it's more of a reasonable amount. You're not yep. buying a whole shock to yeah. replace something that should be five bucks. Yeah. So that's really how all that that's started. That's how it started, really. Because, well, look, Racetech does replacement parts as well. But I feel like you took it a step further uh, with, with, you know, a lot of internal stuff. Yeah, we did. And, you know, Racetech ended up being one of our great customers. Yeah. Like, we work. It's yep. funny. We sell all their tools. Like, that actually has become a good relationship. Yeah. yeah. But um, they're, they kind of have a little bit dis 
different philosophy. We're just trying to sell parts, OE replacement mm-hmm. things, where Racetech has the gold valves yeah. and they're selling the whole tuning kit. So for the guy that wants to be at home, or even a lot of yeah. the dealers, hey, you buy this whole kit and it tunes your suspension. Where we were just trying to create a catalog of OE parts. Yeah. So that way, when you needed this, you have that. So. Did you have this idea? Well, you mentioned it back in Canada and all that, but did you have this idea when you were at KYB or at Cowie? Yeah. Like, when do you have this idea to do this suspension direct company? So it was funny. KYB realized that there was a problem, and so I was trying to help them get it. They ended up having some parts set up in Chicago, and the guy was trying to sell it, and some went through Ross and Enzo. Um, it was just turning into a complete disaster. Yeah. So I kept telling the guy, you need to do this, you need to do this, and this would be a good company. And you guys can make this work. Yeah. And it just never went anywhere. So finally I was like, why don't I just do this myself, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I went to my boss and said, hey, can I just start selling parts on the side and do it? It literally started. I had one bedroom oh, so in the you garage. you were at KYB? I was at oh, KYB. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and the whole deal was that you cannot use your name to support this because I was really in with Honda at that point, like on Honda 450 development. And I had to keep it a secret. Like Wayne Lambert didn't know for five years that I had SD on the side. Like I really (laughs) did do a good job of keeping it separate. It did, I guess, help me in some ways just because I knew what some of the future suspension was. But, um, you know, I still worked with all the OEs and kept SD on the side just to sell the parts. And it went uh, pretty well. Technical touch and some politics happened between... um, the whole Enzo technical touch hints and KYB thing and distributorships <laughs> yep. and kind of got pushed around a little bit. And that's how, why we started buying the machine, sh- did the machine oh, shop okay. and started doing our own product line. Yeah. Um, did you go to machine? Did you go to, you didn't take machine school or anything, no. right? Like, yeah, you just t- self-taught and, and yeah. it was f- actually SDI's first business. I ended up sharing and renting a little bit of room off a couple of machinists. Okay. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, in, like Elsinore area or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, actually yeah. Um, right by where Intense started. Okay. Intense yeah. Bicycles. Yep. It was literally their old shop. Okay. And um, Hell's Angels were above us. And yeah, good times. So right. <laughs> we, I was like, this will be a perfect thing. I can still sell our parts, do yep. all of that. And then we can start like, you know, they're like uh, spring perches, like bladder caps. Like yep. there's all these yep. things. And for all these small shops to go out and make 200 bladder caps at a reasonable cost. It's not worth them. They're going to sell. They won't even sell that in a year. So I was like, if I can make bladder caps, charge a fair price and sell it to a whole bunch of shops, all this will work good. I ended up though, the machine shop, it ended up going out of business. They just didn't run it that well. And I just kind of said, if these guys can figure out how to make parts, I should be able to figure this out too. So I, I've actually literally bought our first lathe off of um, eBay. Oh, okay. And the guy ended the auction on Mother's Day. Not a good day to sell a lathe. <laughs> I got it really cheap, and it worked well. <laughs> so we bought one lathe, and then yeah. soon after, um, we had one mill and two lathes. And I worked at KYB still full-time. And um, the welder that did a lot of stuff uh, for Pro Circuit, Bob Hayes, his son, Matt. Okay. Matt also worked uh, at a machine shop, and then he worked at night. So him and I did machining stuff at night and started okay. making parts. So you started figuring it out. Working, so we just started the figuring wheel, out. Working he, the wheel, uh, the lays and the mills and yeah. Yeah. And we're like, just kind of kept coming up with yeah. parts and one thing led to another. What, what was it that made you be like, Hey, I'm going to leave KYB and I'm doing SDI. Like what, what happened or what was the product or what was the, 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 <laughs> the you know what I mean? I, that actually kind of wasn't my choice in the end. Oh, so okay. when I was really tight with Honda. And most of my work was with Honda. 
and what KYB did, they slowed everything down so much. So they act, there is always a Japanese representative here, right. and they quit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, I was there for R&D. Like my biggest thing was to quantify human feeling. Like all I did is data acquisition, yeah. help the race teams, help Honda. Right. And they basically just said, hey, we're done. All, um, all R&D is not happening. Honda closed their Japanese part of where we did R&D with them. Yeah. And they shut that down. All those people went to American Honda. And they're like, oh, there's no more. I didn't no know more. this. Was this like during like the downturn? In the, in con- it, like, man, because it, like I feel like that's back now. Like uh, now in 2022. All of that stuff's ramping back up. Well, actually, back. Yeah. It, I actually, it's even better than when I was okay. there. They've so, actually done a great job of bringing it back. So it was a, a, a recession type of thing. Absolutely. Right, right, right. And actually, I thought it would have happened way earlier because I finally just went to my boss and I was like, I went from doing really cool stuff. Like, we had data bikes set up so well. Like, yeah. it was, we got way ahead. It was really a good time. Like, yep. the economy was going good, all that. Then all of a sudden, they're like, Dan, Read magazines and do a report about a magazine. Like, hey, what about this? No, that'll cost too much. So you'd go to work every day to sit at a desk and, like, oh, look at a wall. Yeah, yeah. It was the worst thing So in you the knew world. what was coming, probably. I knew it yeah, was coming. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. finally I was like, hey, do you guys want me to just work three days a week, yeah. cut my pay, and um, I go when Honda tests come up and, like, the big yeah. test, I'll be fully committed. Yeah. But that way we're not uh, – I'm not a drain on the resource because yeah. – Paying me to look, look at, stare at my yeah. desk. It just means <laughs> nothing. So they were okay with that for a while. And then finally, and it went all the way to 2012. Oh, okay. And yeah. that was when they decided to basically shut down the office. They downsized. They actually even closed their distribution in California mm-hmm. then, outsourced it. Like, they just went through this big change yeah. to cut costs. Ross so. caught some of that stuff, right? They, they threw some of it on Ross, I think, at, at Enzo? Yeah, yeah. And then actually they did... Ross couldn't quite handle it all, and so then Bill or from Honda even came in as part time to just help out. Okay, but they kept two of the techs just to keep help the race team. And when we did a production test, yep. those two guys stayed, and that was it. It just yep. the office got real small. Yeah, and now it's it's like those guys get full benefits. They yeah. have like an excellent package. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's back. It's yeah. completely yeah. back. I think they realized their mistake. Like they can't not have a presence here. Right. Right. So what? So you start running SDI now. So now I went finally yeah. full time. Yeah, now SDI. you're like, I got to do this. And yep. before it was like a small little company on the side. Uh, what was really successful for you early on? Where, so, where were you like, oh man, this is good. You know the the motorcycle stuff actually was all good, and we yep. kept growing. Where that little specialist that all went great. After that recession, so many people either lost their jobs, quit their jobs, whatever happened. And you know, back in the day, like when. Wherever, there was like five major shops, right? There was yeah. like Pro Action, Enzo, Factory Connection, Race Tech was good, but there wasn't Pro Circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like those main people, but all of a sudden now there was all those mom and pa shops, the small guys, yep. and they popped up everywhere. And instead of sending your stuff into one of these big things, being a number, now this guy will do your suspension. Yeah. He's at the track with yeah, you every yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people transitioned to that. We did really good with a lot of small dealers. Paul was really good with that with service centers, right? Like, exactly. Where, where Race Tech was like, Paul was like, hey, man, I'll teach you what I know, and I'll help you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, complete. It, Everybody else had the black magic yep. that they couldn't share, yep. and Paul's yep. like, yeah. here you go. Just yeah. pull. But I he know. was so smart, though, as he built a gold piston yep. and said, hey, you need to use this on every one of your <laughs> the things. The gold valve is what you got to have. Exactly. Um, it was brilliant. So interesting. So Okay, so you're doing that, and then how are you 
Are these shops finding you? These ma- are yeah. they are they looking for uh, uh, shim stacks and valve core or, co- or bladder caps? You know that kind of like are they and, how are they getting you? the hard parts? Um, we actually did a good website right off the bat that was kind of like the microfish setup okay. that really helped. And then everybody ends up talking between yeah, yeah. forms, and we just did a lot of research and sent a catalog to all these people. Yeah. so that worked. Right, and it was good. But I also noticed that. After 08, and then like new bike sales, you hear all the manufacturers, oh, record sales. Yeah. Well, you guys are at 25% of where you were in 2007. Yeah. Like it's a joke, I right, hate to right. say it, compared to what it was. So well, that and was- when you look at the 70s, it's a joke compared to the 70s. And exactly. Yeah. All of those. It's right. just like the numbers aren't there, and that's like probably a whole nother conversation, but- um, so with that, we did actually start getting into the UTV stuff. Yeah. That's right? where you're like, hey, things are slowing down. Let me, what else can I do? And I wouldn't even say it did, it slowed down, but it leveled yeah, off. Yep. And then to try to grow that, it's like there's only so many of us doing this. And you're just going to try to take, like you're going to fight and spend a whole bunch of money to try to take it off from a, another customer, right? Yeah. The pie is only so yeah, big. Yeah. Ross ends or Ross actually said, the pie is only so big. Yeah. All you can do is ship it around. <laughs> right. And at that point, it was like the UTV thing was... Um, kind of a better way to go yeah. to expand they're to grow exploding, right? right they're they're exploding magazines are coming out dedicated to them you know products are coming out guys yep. are dropping 80 grand for a utv and a trailer and you know, yeah it's insane so yeah just y- you really got in early on that i what wish it, i would have even been earlier okay. but uh walker evans came in and asked us for stuff i tried to deal with showa and kyb to get yep. them parts they wouldn't supply them so we started building themselves that turned into a good relationship uh we I, 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 so, so I started actually racing them. Our neighbors had a little race team thing. Mm-hmm. I joined there, started racing them myself. So basically everything that broke, I would sit there and yeah. try to figure out a way to go. It's like one of our best things that like, we can barely make them fast enough is our clutch alignment tool for okay. Claris Razor. Yeah, yeah. And I was so tired of blowing belts. So, I, And luckily I, had a, I was friends with a snowmobile engineer that knew clutching well. And we kind of looked at it and talked about it. I'm like, hey, if we build a tool that does this, and I almost quit. Like six months into it, I'm like, these things are a pain in the butt to make. And why are we doing this? Yeah. And now we literally have two lays dedicated full time to make it. those. That's it, yeah, because you are the spot to do this. Yeah, and it's just like so we sell them left and right. What the hell do you mean by clutch alignment tool on a Polaris? You know, I, that's funny. Actually. Like, yeah. The, the, the transmission and the motor yeah. are not connected. They're just bolted together. Okay. And so we basically built two shafts that get put together with these two blocks that hold it perfectly in line. And then you bolt all your motor together. So it was. it's just, it's just a, a cheaper way of manufacturing it off an assembly line and it's not reliable and you, you, know what? And you made they, it reliable? Exactly. Okay. And on the assembly line, they measure the distance like from the center of the crank to the center of the clutch input shaft, yeah, yeah. they measure that distance. Yeah. But you have every degree of freedom to, it's just yeah. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So if you have one, you know, your motor's pointing straight and your clutch is at a 15 degree angle, well, yeah. you're going to go through belts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was tired of losing races because I blew a belt. That's a neat idea to come up with that. So that, you got two layers doing that. Just those. doing yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, that's literally, that's right. one of our best selling and, and then, uh, uh, so you're making, so what, what percent of SDI's business now in 2022 is, you know, e-click and UTV parts versus hard to find suspension parts? You know, the like, motorcycle stuff is still as big as the UTV it now. It is, okay. I would actually say everything right now is about one third, one third, one third. Okay. You know, yeah. that we, we, the motorcycle is, 
it's been the same though for like 10 years it's like the same amount of business we're doing the same stuff although that's even becoming harder since showa got bought by hitachi a lot of the um really custom parts you know like fork lugs shock bodies a lot of those things we're not even able to buy anymore you guys yeah so now you gotta make them your own on your own that's the next plan you know though (laughs) but then to build a shock body and a billet it's just right the quantities aren't there it's not going to be worth it um dan worley here on the fly racing racer x podcast uh interesting um i guess Let's start with the e-click stuff right away. So that's been really successful for you. We've been pushing that on the Pulp Show. Uh, our guy, Travis Marks, got a set on his Raptor, right? The Raptor ones, uh, for certain models, you make the whole shock. For other models, you attach the e-click system so, to a shock. Uh, but UTV stuff, you make the shocks and everything. So Raptor actually comes with Fox Live Elf shocks. So what we did with that, we literally just changed electronics. For the guy that really wants to off-road, like if you're headed to Baja yeah. Gonna, yeah, if you're- or Ocotillo guy, like actually really off-roading, you can actually send the shocks in. We do a lot of UTV shock service. Funny, we've never did a service company for motorcycles Yeah. because I didn't want to compete against my customer. Yeah, it just yeah. made right. no sense, no, right? Yeah. So we always just sold parts. On the UTV side... There are so few companies actually doing service. We do service Oh, UTVs so you do a whole full, full service of UTV. You can send yeah. your stuff in. We yeah. revalve. We, we literally now even call it like um, spring kit, um, performance kit, and a works kit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. like literally use the uh, motorcycle stuff. How far behind is the, is the UTV shock technology to moto stuff? Uh, I would say it's ahead now. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. because of electronics. Yep, yep. So electronics is something that is interesting to talk about. So... Basically, uh, and we see this in road racing, right? They have this in road racing, but motocross and supercross, not so much yet. No. Basically, you know, you, you charge the oil, right, via electronics to change the dampening of a shock. That, so is that, that, that is one way to do it. Yep. Like Chevy's had that out forever. Yep. There, there is company, a lot of um, uh, military stuff is that way. Problem with that is it's that Lord Oil, and it's really expensive. Okay. The last time I bought a liter of it when I worked at KYB, it was $900 for one liter. <laughs> for a liter? For Jeez. one yeah, liter. Yeah, yeah. It's so expensive. Yeah. Okay. So what we've done, and like Fox Live Elvis, the same way, we figured out how to just use a normal solenoid to make the shot, like work like a compression yep. adjuster. So it's like you have your hand on the compression adjuster, yep. and instead of it taking a second to change, you know what I mean? It's yeah. milliseconds. Yeah. It's super fast. Is this coming for Moto and Supercross? This, you know what? This kind like you've been there. How many times you're at the Supercross track and you go and you change this to make the guy faster and you fix that problem, but then you create the next yeah, problem. Yeah, of course. It's like yeah. it was always so much trade-offs. Right. So whoops are getting a good setup in whoops is going to hurt you in a, in a slow yeah. turn and exactly. and all that stuff. And right? it was always those trade-offs yeah. Yeah. and. It just would solve it so easy. I don't know if you remember, but like Amig Rhino in 90, it was like 97, 98, they actually ran an electronic rear shock. Hmm. Remember they had the light on the front fender? Did no, you ever see no, that? I don't remember that. So I don't Cowie, remember that at all. Okay. Cowie production for 99 was actually supposed to have electronic solenoid shock. And it was just an on-off, like really simple. Okay. But when you're on the throttle, it stiffened yep. it. And when you're off the gas, it softened yep, it. Right. And we did have the bass system. Remember that with the rear brake pedal? On the mid-80s Yamahas? No. You don't remember that? Oh, the, yeah, it, yeah. It was yeah. a rod connected to the rear brake pedal to the compression. Passion. And when you yeah. pushed it on, it turned the compression. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that right. one. But, uh, okay, so they raced with this. Uh, they might have done, like, U.S. 
Okay. We'll see. It's just a couple little yeah, races yeah. and end up coming off the bike because okay. it's too inconsistent. Okay. Even Olin's back in the day on the road, but road stuff had to, like, but it's all backed away. You know, imagine Roxon coming out of a turn, right? He's got his regular suspension set up. Everything's great. Comes out of a turn, uh, hits a button with his thumb before the whoops, stiffens it up, slows the rebound down, brrr, hits it again. See, and is we, that is that possible? You know what, though? We don't even need, uh, you don't need the button anymore. It's for, like our UTV stuff, we still yep. sell a button. Yep. Nobody uses it anymore. Oh. Because the electronics can be far. So the button right now, you don't even use it. It's yeah. so rare. Okay. They, they actually even have it on the race cars, but so this the electronics is, yeah. can stay far enough ahead now. They can. That those okay. bad moments, like. You know, of course, more is car. Problem with motorcycles is number one size constraints, mm -hmm. adding weight and adding cost. Yep. Your dirt bike's already so expensive, yeah. and I no, have, I'm thinking more of a high end race usage, super cost. You know, it would be a huge. Yeah. It really would be a huge advantage. Do you see that coming? <sighs> I don't. No. Possibly, maybe Show or KYB would pull yeah. it off. Yeah. There is some things, but. I just don't know if there's a development money. It right. just takes so much development. Right. So is it fair to say the e-click stuff that you've been working on, and like I said again, for Jeeps and Raptors and UTVs, this has been like a boom for your business? Is yeah. It, is that, it, is that, is that you fair know what? to say? Like, Not at first. We're yeah. really hoping the Jeep thing was going to be a lot better, and people are scared of it. They don't understand it. It's so new and it's so different and trying to explain it to people and adding more electronics to vehicle or anything scares people now. Yep. Like even like the new Ford Raptors and all the craziness that's going on with ECUs, just getting ECUs. Yep. Yep. A lot of people were a little bit, it, little, it took a year. And then all of a sudden after a year, I think a lot of people, it's like the first time a model comes out, nobody wants the first model of any car yeah, or yeah. bike. And the yep. second one, it's more proven. I feel like that happened. Ford Raptor was a huge jump just yep. because the performance we could get out of a Raptor by switching over electronics was such a big gain. Mm -hmm. So people, obviously, they trusted it more. Yep. Last thing we just did is a big deal with Carly. Okay. And um, Carly, we did it with F250. And now these guys are taking their, like, big three-quarter ton diesel trucks and they're literally driving it like a raptor it's uh yeah, C yeah. cjc just did a okay. big video of it and yep. i was even shocked yeah, but yeah they're pulling yeah. off uh so yeah big part of your business then yeah, yeah, yeah. no it's been and it's kind of growing exponentially <laughs> now just trying to keep up with all of it yeah yeah and finally the longest time I said, ah, we're not really being bothered by supply chain. Supply chain Spot, issues. Yeah, yeah it's are, coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to every, everything else, right? Yeah. Uh, you can use PulpMX code to save at Suspension Direct, by the way. Use the code PulpMX. Uh, go on the website, Suspension Direct, and uh, really, really cool website and pretty informative. And use the code PulpMX to save on that. So uh, uh, I appreciate all that. Now, the UTV thing, I mean, it doesn't seem to be slowing, really. It doesn't. And, you know, we had Corona. We had COVID. We had COVID money pouring in. We had stimulus checks pouring in. And, and I think people were buying UTVs instead of, like, saving up money. <laughs> and you know what else, too, is families. They didn't have, like, the ball and stick sports. Like, they weren't going to soccer practice yeah. and all that. Yeah. I think so many people started going out camping, doing outdoor things. Right. I'm sure some of it's going to slow down now that it's kind of coming back. But yeah. I think a lot of people kind of enjoyed that slowing down and just going out and spending the family time. Yeah. And, like, a Razor UTV... Like it's like a bout on wheels, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the one big difference, uh, I had this argument when they kept raising prices of kit suspension and motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I went to Langston's and was going to buy. If I bought a four fifty, my kids, I needed a sixty five and eighty five. What that would cost? It was going to be 
you know, between 20, 25 grand yeah. for dirt bikes. Yeah. Plus you need all the stuff. Yeah. Where back then you could get a Pluris Razor four seater for 18 grand out the door, put, put helmet and whatever. Let's yeah. say you're into right. a 20. The big difference is now you can take mom. Yep. And it's a family it's thing. It's a family thing. Yeah. And, and, and I take a lot of skill. You're driving. You're, no. You're, yeah. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're, they're big vehicles now. Mm-hmm. Like they're secure. It's yep. not like your little 50 inch wide original ones, like yep. an ATV. Right. Um, they handle like it's amazing how fast you can go. It, yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, and the yeah. new ones are the new Turbo R and that four right. cylinder that they just yeah, came out know, with. The only experience I have is like literally a Yamaha Rhino. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah. I've never driven you one need, of these gnarly UTVs that you see out there. It's just, and then you can just keep going faster. And f- they're like little mini trophy trucks. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing <laughs> right, right. how good they are. Right. And it's off the shelf vehicle. Yeah, like yeah. just go yeah. buy one. Super competitive industry too, with all these companies coming out with them, and, and they're raising the game, and they're getting faster and better suspension and, and all they that. Just, yeah pushing it yeah, too yeah. it's um it, it's really it, it's amazing how far they've come in 10 years yeah i still though like compared to a dirt bike they're they're like late actually no i'll give them early 90s now uh, okay yeah, because yeah. stuff used to yeah. break all the right, time like right. it was like a 70s bike or an 80s bike <laughs> yeah, where yeah. you're still breaking things you're still yeah we're like we're like 90s now. You right. still know your KX125 is going to blow up, but yeah. at least it runs most of the time, right? <laughs> nice. Uh, thanks to the Renthal guys, Maxis, Cobolinks, Motorsport.com, All Balls Racing, of course, for coming on this podcast, and Dan Worley from Suspension Direct. Um, let's go back a little bit. Let's get a time machine. Let's go back. Uh, you are from Saskatchewan, uh, Canada, right next to where I'm from, Manitoba. And I used to race in Saskatchewan. I raced Blair Morgan a lot. Uh, you're younger than I am, I believe. A little uh, bit. Yeah. Not so much. do you – We did we run into each other, like, locally? You know, like, I don't remember. No. I know, I know I Derek, Derek so Sorensen and I. Derek yep. Sorensen and I did. I remember that, but I don't remember. See, I started worried. way too late. Did I didn't you? even okay. have my first race. So I was 15. Okay, yeah. And you guys had already done more, like, national stuff, and I was just getting racing. And right. then it wasn't that long, and then I moved down here. And you moved down – Probably yeah, right about a couple of years before I did. Yep, yep. So we didn't really ever cross. Yeah, paths. I don't think so. I Even did. like with Blair, I'm still good friends with him. Yeah. but it was like he was already gone and right. past Saskatchewan racing. Yeah, past past. Uh, well, I used to show up and we would. You guys would start before Manitoba, so I would do Moose Jaw. Oh yeah, and I would do uh, Weyburn. Mm-hmm. You know, before our Manitoba season started, so that's when I raced Blair and Vic Stewart and these guys so, and, and Derek Sorensen and all that. So, yeah. um, so you're in Saskatchewan. And honestly, I don't remember anything about you, you know, like I said, like until you show up for Yamaha of Troy. Yeah. Is, is that your first gig as a mechanic? Is that, is that how, and how yeah. do you get that? So I, I, I came down to ride. Okay. I worked at an oil refinery, saved up a bunch, like yep. for a shutdown, yep. right? Yep. Easy you were a rig money. pig. You were a rig yeah. pig. And, um, so I had enough money to come yeah. down for a month. I'm like, yeah. screw winner. What year I, is this? <sighs> 97. Okay, 97. Yeah. Yep. And the only person I knew was Darren Sorensen. Yeah, rookie. Rookie. Yeah. And he worked at Pro Circuit with Hoppo and them. Yeah. So I He's building up. pipes, right? Yep. Building yep. Pipes? Yeah. They were both yeah. building right. pipes. And so I went and I was waiting. And then Ronnie and Bones walked up to me and like, hey, do you want a job? I'm like, yeah. Like, Because <laughs> you were not? just hanging out. I was just hanging out <laughs> right, waiting for him right, to get off work. Right. And I'm like, that's yeah. So, that's such a Pro Circuit thing. Yeah. Do you want a job? <laughs> and yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. Like, I can stay for three months. Yeah. And it was funny. And it, so what, they, you, they, like you just took suspension apart and put it together? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was a teardown guy. Right, right. And just started tearing down suspension, learned that, and yeah. kind of slowly worked my way up. Okay. And, 
um, I ended up being a fork guy um, and just worked there all the time, kind of. And I got to ride, and yeah. it was like a great yeah, day. Yeah, like, this is awesome. Were you living with Rookie? Yeah, yeah. Rookie yeah. for like the first year, and then like Kenny G, like they're Okay. We all lived on one street, like Dowdy. Yeah, Everybody yeah. was there. Yeah. Sheik lived there. It was kind of crazy. It was fun. Right. Um, so, no, just did that. Yeah. And then I finally, I went back to, Pro Circuit was awesome. And it's like so funny now because I was so pissed at Mitch a lot. And now as a business owner and <laughs> everything, it's like I owe Mitch like a 30 pack or 36 pack of beer because yeah. it's so funny now that I'm older I like look and see why he made the decisions yeah. and what he did. It's right. like, it makes so much sense. Sure. But when you're young yeah. and no. dickhead, it's like, then it's just, you don't think about yeah. that stuff. <laughs> so I didn't see myself going anywhere. And I was like, I don't want to be a suspension fork guy forever. Yeah. I just don't see any future in this. So I went back up and I raced um, in Canada for 99. Yeah. Um, just played around, had fun, worked at a motorcycle shop in the morning and practiced and oh, yeah. just had a blast. Yeah, yeah. That was like the f funnest year. So Bones called me back to manage the suspension department. Okay. He was going to do more race team stuff and like more parts development. Yep. Oh, so you really bonded with Bones. Like you got, yeah, yeah like yeah. He, he really liked you. No, Bones and I always got along really, really well. So then I got, I got to Vegas and this one girl, we know, she goes, Hey, you know, you're getting screwed out of your job. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, Oh, Ronnie's not quitting. And Ronnie had managed and, did that department forever oh, okay but he was also it's like to do i wanted to change things and make it better yeah and when you have a person that's like been there for 10 years it's yeah. not going to change so i ended up going in and they're like hey we'll still pay you the same money this that you're just not managing it yeah you're yeah. not managing it yeah. and i'm like all right but i'm like if i get a job being a mechanic i'm going to take it and nobody wanted it's funny nobody wanted to work for Roncada. Yeah. There was like five people that were offered it and nobody took it. Yeah. So Keo called me. So, but you get the invite through Kenny G and those guys. You know like what? Kinda? So, yeah, Dave Feeney. Yeah. Feeney, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, Feeney's working for Casey Johnson and, yeah. and Kenny G's working for Ernie. Yep. Yeah. And because they were at Pro Circuit before that, yeah. they kind of knew yeah. me then. Right. And they're like, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. And I, actually, I think they asked Rookie first. Oh, yeah. He's going to be pissed. But yeah. I think they asked him first and then he goes, I'll ask Worley. Yeah. And I jumped on it. I'm right, like, right. Yeah. yeah. And then. It was like, I heard all these, like, oh, he's so hard to work for. He's yeah. a nightmare. This, French, that, right, France right, and all right, like, right. the insanely negative stuff. And then I got to know him. He's just a big kid. Yeah. Like, I ended up having honestly, so much fun. I was in that circle, too, you know, as a mechanic. And the only thing about Ron Carter that I knew was he, he was lazy. He's talented but lazy. But no one ever that I know of was like, he's not a good dude. Like, uh, I don't know, but maybe you were talking to different people, but – my perception, his, my perception of Ronwell was like, yeah, he's cool. He's a nice guy. He yeah. had one mechanic that really didn't oh, okay. like him, and they butted heads. Okay. And I think that's that kind of yeah. how I got yeah, some yeah. of that From feedback. From Honda of Troy days, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so okay. So Keo calls you up? Keo does it. Mitch was mad at me. <laughs> um, but I took it, and I was in way over so, my head, yeah. for sure. But, that's the first time I ever heard of you where they're like, there's this Canadian dude working for Ron Codd. And I'm like, Canadian guy? Like, I know all Canadian guys, you know? I knew Rookie a little bit. Uh, um, and then it was you, and I was like, oh, shit, like, uh, look at this guy. You know what I mean? And so, but you stepped into, like, Ron Ron crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was just on a mission. Yeah. He was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to prove myself. Right. I'm going to use my talent and actually work hard. Yep. Uh, this and is, he did. He actually, yeah. like, Alan was his trainer. Like, he did everything he needed to do that year. And yep. He was. He was on so fire. So he won the 125 Supercross title. Yep. And he went to the final round of the Nationals with, with uh, Pastrana. Yep. And we lost by two points. Yeah. 
And it was like down to the last moto. Yeah, down to the last moto, Steel City. They're running each other's chest pro- uh, stickers on their chest protectors or whatever, yep. you know, on their helmets or whatever. Uh, what a year, though. Like, I remember being bitter because I'm like, look at this whirly dude. So this is nine, this is 2000. So I'm working for Kelly Smith, not doing as well as Roncada. And I remember thinking, like, this fucking whirly guy, like, he's stepping into this title dude, right? Like, damn it. I want that, but that's all. I just remember being bitter, like not. There's personally. a lot of people that yeah. were better. Where I was just like, "Who's this dude to just you know have this amazing rider right off the bat?" That's yeah. all. Uh, but um, yeah, what a year! What a what a no! Year. It was yeah. it was almost Dave. Actually, so funny. Dave yeah. was at the works race. Oh, was with okay, him yeah, yeah. Last night, the night yeah. before, um, and he's like, "It was the worst thing that could have happened to you because now you expect yeah. that all the time, yeah. right?" Yeah, you don't know the struggles that we all of the other guys like us went through. <laughs> no, and it was like, but then uh, it was like nerve wracking though because yeah. all yeah. of a sudden you're like, yeah. you know, and luckily I did race a Yamaha the last couple of years, okay, and so I knew the bikes because I broke them and had to fix my own stuff, right? right. But still, I was in way over my head. You said if that, I didn't yeah. have you, you, if I didn't have Feeney there, yep. and Dean Baker, yep. he was also a huge help. Yep. Uh, like and well, Kenny, but Kenny jacked up his hand, so he wasn't at a lot of the races. Okay. And Dave was like hard on me, but was like it was like yeah, yeah. He really showed he you, yeah. showed me. Yeah. Like, it was. Isn't could, it funny? Like my first job was in '96 with the PJ1 team, and I thought I was ready because I worked on my own bikes up in Canada, yeah. and I fixed my own bikes. And you know, my dad was a car mechanic, so I had basic mechanical aptitude and all that stuff. And then I jumped into that '96, and I'm like. Oh my, I, I'm like, I don't know anything. Like I, yeah. I was in, uh, just like you, I was like overwhelmed. No, luckily my rider sucked. He wasn't going for championships like your guy, but you know what I mean? I know the well, feeling. In yeah. the last, I just, I remember it. I'm like, I am not letting this bike break. Yeah. Because if I did it, Mitch is just going to laugh at me. I'm like, I'm going to prove, yeah. prove his ass wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point too. Cause you're competing against Mitch and beating him. Yeah. 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 No, it, so it, it was kind of funny. It's uh, the, going from there, even then to factory Cowie. I was like, oh, like how lucky is that? I did one year as yeah. a private, or you know, as a, yeah. a satellite yeah, team, yeah. which was a really. I don't know if there was, you know, for satellite teams, it was pretty hard to beat. Back well, then. yeah, back and then Kehoe. it was Kehoe and, and Phil Alderton. Was was Phil okay? Or was Phil all over the place? Phil was a little. All he over was the all over the place, place. <laughs> but uh, you know, we didn't have to deal with him too too much. Yeah, like, it was Kehoe. Pretty, it was Kehoe like held the ship together. Yep, and yep. It was that was probably. I would still say probably the best run team like Keo was yeah. really really well, good and you look at Casey Johnson Ernie yep. Ron Ron who am I missing Buckaloo Buckaloo yep I remember at a Glen Helen National you guys were like two three four or one three yeah. five like early like it was a good team it and was Casey really... would have won the title that year but he got landed on yeah uh he won the first two races that title was his for sure yep. I think it was that year maybe it was the year before no anyways yeah uh, it was a really powerful team. No, they yeah. had bikes were good. Bikes and the bikes were just an advantage. Yeah, yeah. it was like right. They they did um, Dean and it was they had a really cool motor. It was different. Um, uh, so you, what do you remember about Steel City? I remember the banners getting caught in. It's funny, not that much. I was nervous. Yeah, I was like ready to puke, and yeah. I wasn't the guy racing. <laughs> uh, what sucked is the first moto he got those banners caught in his first tire. Um, he actually went really fast, but he finished second. Mm-hmm. And then I was really hoping once his bike was good, he could have won the second moto. And like, he just was just Pastrana. Like they were on rails, yeah. both of them. Yeah. And there was just no mistakes. And, and Pastrana made. grew up at Steel City too. Yeah. You know, PA, the PA stuff. Like, it was, was just, Fernix, so. he finished like two seconds behind him. Yep. And it was 
like that the whole race. Yeah, yeah. They just, you know, there was just nothing. Yeah. It, you couldn't, I don't know if you guys could, if the, either one of them could have went any faster. Yeah, yeah. So it totally bums you out, right. but it was a good ride. Uh, it's too bad. You know, he was on fire. Like Unadilla, that was probably the best race because he hated Unadilla. Okay. Wanted nothing to do with it. And I want to say we won by like 58 seconds. Oh, really? Just destroyed him. Yeah. And then he hurt his knee and, um, you know, lost that confidence a little bit. Yeah. You know, Pastrana gained that confidence and it it made it tough. And you found a friend in Ron Ron, like enjoyed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he was like, he's a, he's a big kid, heart of gold. Um, it, uh, I think if he would have been a little bit ser- more serious at times, he could have done even better. Mm-hmm. But then I think if he would have taken the fun away f- out of it, yeah. I don't know if it would have been yeah, at yeah. that point. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Just yeah. a different personality. Great, right. great, great person. Right. Treated me so well. Like, um, that's cool. So Factory Cowie comes, and they hire on Ron yep. for for 250 ride. And were you always going to go, or was it a, was it touch Bruce, and go? Or Bruce didn't want me because uh, they already had like Paggio, yeah. and they already had good mechanics. Yeah, yeah. So Stefan stuck up and said, "No, like you need to yeah. bring them, like right. whatever." We, and we just had a good relationship. It was easy. It was like if you're going to a whole new team and all of Did that. Paggio leave. Paggio, Did he go yeah, to Oakland, that's where it's Oakland. That's, so he, he was on his way out, and Billy Feltz ended up. He would have stayed. Oh, that's but, right. That year is when Paggio left mid-year, and Feltz. Felt stepped in, right, yeah. right. And so, then, so were they, were they looking to keep Felts or did like how did that? Yeah, no, they would have kept Billy for sure. Yeah, and uh, but Philly ended up going, or uh, Billy went to um, MX team. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, it was, so it was almost like uh, it, serendipitous where the it worked out. Yeah, like, it, yeah. everything ended up falling right. into place. And and it was um, Chad, Chad. So Chad and I, Chad Watts. Yep, and you, Ricky Carmichael, and you, and yep. Run Run. Um, Which was a fun team. Like, yeah. it was a good deal. Right. But talking about, though, like, I thought I learned a lot. And Yamaha has a really good program on, like, keeping track of parts and how you keep a bike running. Like, yeah. they kind of give you a formula. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to Cowie. And I remember, like, the first year there. And it's so opposite now. It was, like, parts budget yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were on seventy seventy five thousand $75,000 two-stroke dirt bikes. Yeah between everything they yep. did like they did not care about money no which was cool. I, and i've been there too where you're like you know what i'm gonna put new foot pegs on my foot pegs are fine right now but you know what i want new foot pegs yep throw them away <laughs> no that's like after Whatever a month yeah. like a yamaha you would have a time for every yeah. single part on the bike yeah. and even after a mud race well you can't change that it's yeah. it, it hasn't timed out right right at cowie like after well that's the difference between a factory no, team and a satellite team yep. yeah well the like Mount Morris, remember that one yeah. year it rained really bad? Yeah. Literally just threw the whole bike in the garbage, right, right. started off fresh. <laughs> and then, like I said, I thought I knew a lot at Yamaha, but then working with Chad Watts, it was just like, holy crap. Like, this guy does so much to his bike every single time. Yeah. I almost like sometimes, thought, like, yeah. it's almost too, uh, uh, it's a bigger risk switching that many things up. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't yep, know. Yep. Brand new bearing yep. out of a bag could be a bad bearing. Yeah. And if something was still working right. So... I didn't ever go as much as him, but that guy, like, literally everything what, was brand new on that bike. Was week. he running a loose program then, or was he all right? Because, I mean, we know he got a little, you know, Honda there with RC. He got let go, but how was he as a... Um, you know what? We had a lot of fun, 
but like when it when it was work time, yeah, it, was, it was work, it was work time. time. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, it was a hundred percent legit, and yeah. like he did a great job. Right, right. I, it sounds like Honda. He maybe got a little more loose or something, yep. but right. um, um, at, at Cowie, a hundred percent like that guy and what he put into his bike yep. and all of his work, like spot on. Um, not a good year for Ron Juan, though. A few moments. A few moments, right? Yeah. First race was yeah, probably, like, the biggest was, moment. Yeah, Anaheim won. He passed Ricky, right? Didn't he? Or what, he passed Jeremy? Or he what, passed what? MC. Yeah, yeah passed MC. Yeah. It was, and then it was got like, a, and then his tongue fell out and started dragging. <laughs> I want to say he led, like, I don't know, seven or ten laps. Yeah. Like, and he actually pulled everybody. Yeah. He was doing good. Yeah. And then the anchor dropped. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that whole year was off and on. Um, and then for the next year once Ezra came on he had like a few good moments but just never could put it all together yeah yeah I never really um were you was like Sternstrom um and uh was, was this Sternstrom that time yep. manager mm -hmm. okay was he like trying to talk to you to talk to Ron Ron like or like uh, yeah. you know what I mean like and you're just like so, hey man uh, yeah it, it was he gained a, a pretty weight too he's kind of out of shape I remember one year at Cowie yeah yeah and then and it was so tough because Bruce, I remember Randy Lawrence and I, yeah. at times during the race, we just shut our radios off. Because <laughs> Bruce is yelling. <laughs> Bruce is so pissed. Right. Uh, and it was like, what can you do? Yeah. And then it, there was problems with that bike. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Most people probably don't know this, but we ran like a 98 frame right. in 2001 and 2002. So we like melted the, like it was so much work building those bikes. It sucked. Like yep. you literally had to melt the gas tank and pound it in to make it fit. And, um, we had to make it look like the new yeah. bike, but it yep. wasn't. Yep. And even with that, the linkage, um, the yeah. way that it worked. It, we just had Carmichael on the show for 500. He was telling us how he won the title that year in 01 and hated that bike. Hated it. And he crushed it outdoors. And he's like, I hated that thing. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you just you whooped everyone's ass. But he's like, yeah, it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> it was. And, like, the old frame was better because at least it, like, fucked. It, like, yeah. took the edge off of it. Right. But it was just a kicking machine. Yeah. That's why he ran, like, RC ran, you know, yeah. 10 inches of sag. Yeah, yeah. The thing was, like, choppered out. Right, right. Um, It wasn't a friendly chassis. Right. O three definitely was. You were there three years with Ron Ron? Uh, two, two. Because he ended up going to Suzuki. Oh, that was it. And okay. so. So well, 03 goes to Suzuki. Yeah, yeah. and I stayed. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to be test mechanic. We're kind of reverse roles with Jeremy Albrecht. Okay. And um, so Jeremy went to work with uh, Stewart. Yep. And then I was supposed to be the practice guy, uh, which that was good. And I worked with Craig Decker, so I okay. still did races yeah. with Craig. Yep. Um, Suzuki, did I could have went over with him. Okay. But Suzuki said, you can go to Suzuki, but or Roger said, you can come out to us with Suzuki, but you're not working for Ron Ron. We want to mix things oh, up. Oh, okay. And I could kind of understand that. Like, they needed to shake it up yeah. a little bit. I didn't yeah. take any offense to it. They said, you can work with Hamlin, yep. which I really like Sean. I've always got along with him. But the security at Kawasaki, like, yeah. it was such a good And it was good, it was good money. You guys, got yeah. good, you guys got overtime. You got, you know, it was really good money. It was good there. money. Um, did you mind well. not traveling as much then when you were a test guy? Yeah. Were you okay with that? I yeah. was completely yeah. okay with yeah, that. Yeah, you were fine with that. It's, you know... 250F now schedule, like doing one coast and yeah. then doing nationals is like, that's handleable. That was like decent. Yep. 450 yeah. or 250s back then. It's like, it's a lot. Like oh, it's yeah. every single weekend, go, go, go. Yeah. And um, it, yeah, it, I was completely fine. KYB was the best because I, I did tests mechanic for the one year. I ended up working for Lusk at the end of that okay. year, like for his last Why, like five RL, races. Good RL. Leave RL, yeah, RL leave and 
they kind of just started butting heads a okay. little bit. Yeah. RL's like pretty spoken at yeah. times. And yeah. he was just trying to get Ezra right. to get going. Or s right. it, it just was. So anyway. So Ezra was like, see ya. <laughs> a, a little bit. And yeah. I think that they just wanted to change it up because when you when you, when you get in that dynamic and it's not comfortable, sometimes that doesn't yeah. add. So I did like the last half of the season with Ezra, which is funny. I was never an Ezra fan. Growing up as a I could say, like growing up in Canada watching races, yeah. I wasn't an you Ezra a yogi fan. Guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not a yogi guy. And then all of a sudden, I'm working for him, and he actually is super cool. What, yeah, he's, he's he's a rad dude. We, I knew him through Red Dog was buddies yeah. with him, right? So even when I was working for Red Dog at Yamaha or at 99, when I was working for Red Dog at Nolene, he was at Honda. He would come by. Always the raddest dude. Like, yeah. such a nice guy. No, uh, really, know, really cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't. He was he was aggressive on the track. Jeremy talked a few times about why he didn't like him. Mm -hmm. But off the track, one-on-one, -on -one how are you? He would ask you how you're doing. He would care about you. He was just a genuine, yeah. really nice guy. No, yeah. absolutely. Always, always thought that. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, cool to work for, for, for Yogi for a little bit for you, too. You got Ron Ron. You got Yogi. Yep. And nice. then after yeah. that, it was to um, – Ross actually got me the job with KYB. Well, so that's where I wanted to touch on a little bit. Now, from what I understand, you correct me if I'm wrong, you could have stayed at Cowie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you left the job. Like I, like I said in the intro, like you had a nice job, a good gig. Cowie took, liked you, and you were just like, I don't – I want to – You know what's funny? And then Mark jo – Bruce had left yeah. and went to Monster, yeah. right? Yep. And then uh, Mark Johnson was there. And Mark Johnson's kind of a hard guy to get along with. Yep. And we got along. Yep. Like Mark's like, we need this, this done. I just go get it done. And, like, it was great. Yep. Skip, Skip Norfolk was there yep. too then, yep. right, working yep. under Mark. And so I was doing the whole test mechanic thing. The whole problem with it is, is that's really when the time where mechanics went from being mechanics to parts changers, I'll call them like a lot more, yeah. like everything became so specialized. Right. Well, four strokes. Yeah. That's really what changed it. Cause now there's a motor builder. Yep. Mechanic doesn't build his own motor right. and all of that. So I don't want to say it was even Ross. He's like, you can make way more money and have a better future if you're a specialist, like yeah. do it, like pick a motor. Yeah. I always wanted to be a motor guy. I think it's cooler, but it just never happened. Right. So the next thing I know, um, Factory Connection was hiring. I talked to them. There's like Showa was, KYB, and I don't know. There's something else. Yeah. Or Cowie. And the Cowie was yeah. really good money yeah. and super stable. And I ended up picking the job that was the lowest paying. And KYB was like a complete disaster. Okay. Like Showa yeah, was yeah. destroying right, them in right, those years. Right. They were going to lose race teams right. and all that. But I was like, you know what? If I go with them and can like do bad there's way more opportunity for growth because i knew i went from Showa. i well, already heard Showa. from what i gather is Showa would take a guy like yourself or me who don't know who aren't suspension specialists teach them the show away and you kind of stuck you're stuck in a box yeah. of doing Showa's way and they don't want you thinking outside the box to try something new yeah that's a hundred and that's right. exactly that's what i heard that's exactly what, scared what I, right where KYB was going to lose so many contracts. Like, everybody yeah. was over him. The suspension yeah. was old. Show was, like, the twin chamber stuff yeah. finally started working really good. Like, 03, right. 04, yeah, yeah. a stock Honda fork was by far yeah. the best out yep. there. Yep. So And it was good. And then it got to ride. It was, like, test riding all the time. Yeah, yeah. So doing data acquisition, test riding, I'm, like, learning constantly. And that's down by Yamaha, right? KYB is not far from Cyprus? Yeah, they yeah. were right down the road. Yeah, like, yeah. Geez, yeah. two blocks right, away. Right, right, yeah. Um, What's funny, though, is I always got stuck being the Honda guy because none of my coworkers wanted to work with Honda because Honda is like, right. they're not, I loved it. It was like you learn so much from them, 
they've forgotten more than I'll say most companies know in a lot of ways. But you're there from seven in the morning yeah. till it's dark. And right. after it's dark, you start putting stuff away. Like the, the task, like it, it wasn't the right, easiest, right. but you got to learn a lot. It was, it was a great experience. Um, and this is, uh, um, this is not race team stuff. This is production stuff. That was production right. stuff. Yeah, you do so production. race team stuff though. Yeah. I was with Cowie initially. Yep. Um, Mike Fisher didn't really like me cause I think I left. Uh, I don't know. And so I finally asked him like, Hey, can I, and then the one other thing is like, when you're employed for Cowie and now you're being a consultant, it's uh -huh. kind of like the stepchild. I don't know what to call it, but it was just, there was mm -hmm. some friction there with Mike Fisher and I. So then we went to. Fisher's uh, a little bit of a different guy, man. He was <laughs> right. a little bit of a different guy. Like when he was, when he was, uh, um, uh, uh, when he was, uh, uh, T Cowie team manager, I hung out a lot at the races. I was a media guy then. And dude, he, he was tough to figure out. Well, he didn't like any of us old race guys because here's the deal. He was production Cowie. Yeah. He actually did a yeah. great job. It's a fantastic production. job, yeah. Like, yeah. And especially those bikes had its pro they had some serious yeah. problems, and he worked really, really hard to make them to get just to the level they yeah. were at. Yeah. Then all of us race team guys would get on. The, you know, we'd start on the race program, and they were eight next door to us, and we'd be telling them what a piece of crap his bike was. <laughs> so here the guy just spent a year on yeah. it to get it to uh, that maybe level. Maybe two years, right, right. And he probably made it 4,000 times better yeah. than what it started off from yeah, the yeah. way it came from Japan. Yep. And we get it, and we're like, what a piece of junk. Yeah. So he kind of didn't like quite a few of us right, that voiced right. our opinions on that. That so, didn't help anything. And this is kind of the era where Honda's putting KYB on a 125 and and, yep. and show on a 250 and swap it back and forth, well, right? Well, it was pretty locked in. They only kept KYB on the CR125. Okay. And But they always they just kind of wanted to see what KYB was doing. So, like, that was kind of our to, uh, for us to that's why I worked on yeah. was to get yeah, the 450. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept saying, hey, guys, we're wasting our time. All we are doing is raising the bar for Showa. Because the new forks were really good. Like, yeah. once KYB went to their twin chamber, yeah. one, yeah. 06, we had it figured out. And as far as I was concerned, they're better than what the Showa fork was. Uh, I'm like, we're raising the bar. Honda's never going to give us this contract. And the next thing you know, we did get the 09 contract. Uh -huh. So that was like a big deal. Yeah. That helped me out yeah. at KYB because okay. there was myself were, and... Yeah, they were very excited that Honda decided to buy KYB stuff yeah. for production. Well, they own Showa. Right. So to right. go, it just doesn't yeah. happen. No, no, right? yeah. yeah. So it, but there's always that thing, like whether it's Bridgestone on a Dunlop spec on yeah. a production bike or KYB or Showa or, you know, they want to keep the pressure on the company they deal with to so that everything is the best. Yep. So if 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 you if they just say, hey Dunlop, we're going to buy all our tires for the next ten years, they feel like Dunlop's R and D will slide because Dunlop's got the contract, right? Mm -hmm. That's a Japanese. That and right. it's a hundred percent that yeah. way, and it's right. always these competition tests. And right, right, right. It's funny how it all works. Yeah. But um, so you you enjoyed this? This sounds like it was right up your alley, like learning, nah. dynoing, testing, yeah. real world applications, lab applications, and everything. Yeah. And, and, the final thing was is the Japanese were getting so upset at um, like test riders and you know there's three guys that ride the same bike and then you get their comments and yeah. it's three complete different yeah. comments like yep. what do we do right so I started riding a lot more that was Honda would always let me ride their bikes in certain places we could go because at least we could get it closer because yep. sometimes it's so far off mm -hmm. um, 
it's like, what do you do? Like Langston, that was the probably the best. Is we kept testing factory stuff. Remember the bell bottom teams? Yeah, oh yeah we had those at Yamaha. We didn't like them. Nobody liked them. Keith liked them. <laughs> yeah, don't say nobody liked them. Yeah, Keith, it didn't matter. Did Keith, he like the way they looked, or what was his? It must have been uh, because I, I kept. So that was the one year. Remember when Langston ran stock forks? Yeah, clamps, forks. Yeah. Yep. But we went out to Elsinore. So we're testing an official test. So then Grant and I ended up seeing each other at um, Elsinore one day. Okay. I'm like, hey. Just let's switch bikes real fast. Yeah. And his his bike was absolutely horrible. I don't know. It, you know what I mean? $20,000 forks, yeah. $7,000 rear shocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the exact same bike with yeah. a way slower motor, yeah. but production suspension that I revalved. And that's when he ran production forks outdoors. Yeah, yeah. He ran the forks yeah. off of our test bike. Yeah. yeah. Roxon ran production forks in a clamps, you know, at, at RCH. Yeah. Sometimes flex and all that, you, you, you know, you over engineer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and then it's kind of funny. Everybody, like the whole suspension world is about revalving. It's such a small part of how your suspension works. Right. Uh, when we we started doing more stuff and um, like an 09 Honda, if you used, yeah, I don't care how you revalved it. If you put a 2010 um, Kawasaki inner tube with a 2012 Yamaha outer tube, onto a Honda 450, that's like one of the best handling bikes. Oh, really? <laughs> like it works so well because the whole frame flex, the way that yep. they changed that. Uh, and then if you ran the lower linkage just to balance it out better, like that was, that yeah. still was. A lot of guys the, didn't like that 09 Honda. Yeah. No. It wasn't it, a great debut for KYB stuff on there. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, man. And then, I mean, so, they moved the motor forward. They did. It's always, I'm not talking suspension. They did everything. No, but yeah. even the suspension sucked. Yeah. It was <laughs> just too, they were so worried about having a, the whole, that's like, I guess this is the negative of Honda. It's, they get so focused on one goal and they have to achieve that goal. They sometimes like. Yeah. They have to achieve that goal. There's yeah. like yeah. no other looking that way. Yeah. And they wanted a 450 motorcycle that would turn like light, like a two-stroke 250. Yeah. And yeah. it did do that, yeah. but it was so twitchy. <laughs> it was. <laughs> you had that, but there's a lot of other drawbacks, like you said. Yeah. 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 And then, you know what I mean? we So we pushed to get stiffer fork springs on, yeah. but it was going to add like 0.1 grams or 0.12 grams, like yeah, yeah. nothing. Right. Oh, we can't add any more yeah. to the front end. So finally, in 2011 or 12, we finally got to put stiffer fork springs in it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, much better yeah. bike. Uh, and then, of course, you know everything you develop over here for suspension-wise has to go to Japan, and the lightweight Japanese riders have to ride it too, and they weigh in. Yeah, that could change your spec. <laughs> no, and but the and a lot of those guys, you know, they fly over and they do the joint test. Yeah. So it's like the. Well, Japanese crew goes out and rides it, and yep. then they decide if the American riders get to ride it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does happen that right, way. Right, And then even with the American riders, you'll have one of the Gossler brothers. Like, yeah. We kind of test it with all of them, and they're like a buck 40. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll put um, Wayne on it that's like 200 and change in sag, and yeah, yeah. it was right. – you're all over the place. Uh, did you enjoy this part of it? Like more, yeah, than, a, actually, more than being a mechanic and all that? Like the – yeah, did you, yeah. I can see you enjoying this, yeah. I like the the production R&D was definitely right. – because there's no rules. Yeah. And especially at KYB at that time, everything was so bad. Um, <laughs> you, like show was killing us. Yeah, yeah. So – hey, let's try this. And you, I, I got to draw stuff, submit it. They would make it in Japan. We had machine mm -hmm. shops in the U.S. got to yep. make it. Like, 
you actually really got to develop and try to make things better. Mm -hmm. Same with like the air fork. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of right. it, but you know, guys are winning on it still today. Yeah. PSF one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's is, is a big fan. Yeah. yeah. And that fork was the first time on data acquisition that you actually seen a motorcycle work differently. A front end did work differently. Yeah. Wheels on the ground more and like a lot of the top guys still using it. And then, of course, we have the hybrid fork now with the real light spring in it, right? Yep. And then an air cushion uh, on the other side. You're just and like they're trying to find that spot that'll yep. work. And I don't know, man. I, I still think that most guys are going to choose the old school, you know, yeah, twin chamber fork. Twin. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. hard to beat. Yep. It is. I think everything mechanical at this point is just trading off, right? Yeah. Yep. Where. Until you get into electronics, it's just not yeah. going to change things. And then Yamaha's had those SSS ones, uh, whatever, 10 years now, right? I don't even no, know. No, geez. It, the first true year of like the good one yeah. was 06. 06. And it's okay. just been it's same small damn changes. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It works great. Like yeah. one of our first parts, you know, the plastic free piston, um, they blew up. The factory bike had this really expensive, hard to machine aluminum one. Uh -huh. We figured out a cheap way to do it, and that's been probably yeah. one of. It was probably SDI's best-selling product. Okay. Aluminum free pistons. Yeah, yeah. Now a bunch like Chinese companies, everybody's knocked it off. Right. But I had a good. We had a good yeah, ten-year nice run. Yeah, run. we had a ten-year <laughs> run. Can't complain. Right. It's all good. Uh, and then of course uh, the RMZ 450 in 18 and the Honda in 17. And then from people from people I talk to, they're like, this is a factory fork from four years ago absolutely it is a factory fork you it's know really, that's where we're at yeah. if you compared your like factory kit fork from 2010 yeah. that's what's coming stock on those bikes yeah big damper out all of it yeah. and you know everything comes kashima coated right like all the other tubes it's like not as good as the race coating but it still works well yep um no it's yeah. kind of hard to beat suspension right now yeah really good well that leads me to my next question so we saw the JGR guys, and you were involved with them a little bit with JRI, yep. right? They made a shock, or JRI made a shock yep. for for, K, for JGR mm -hmm. for, I don't know, two or three years. And I think they ran, what did, what did they run for a fork? Did they run a, a show of fork? Yeah, they ran a show of fork, I believe. Is And it didn't work. They didn't stick with it. Can a team do that or no? Like, is, 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 there, is there a way, like, if, if someone said, hey, Dan Worley, uh, we're going to throw a whole bunch of money at you, which is awesome, and you're going to design... You know, you're going to take some Olins and some Showa and some KYB. Give us your shock, and we'll build the body, and we'll, like, or is it you just know, not applicable? Like, that's not something that could work. It depends. I feel like I could pull it off, but the only reason why I could pull that off is because what I learned at KYB and all those little things in that area. Because it's, like, the little smallest, dumbest things of the way that you machine parts can mm -hmm. affect how your suspension works yeah and it truly a motorcycle is too light and it's too one-to-one -one, so you just it has to be right like yeah. if it's a little yeah. you have one thing that's right. a little bit off and it just throws the whole mix out right. of that we're like in a big vehicle or a car yeah. you get so yeah. much more leeway because like literally that different, different aluminum or different way you machine it like you, different edges you know whatever like right something we figured out is show owns a patent on like extruding the tube uh, for outer tube and the way you machine it so kyb starts spinning the tubes but they were spinning them all the same direction like you go through three different machines they all went clockwise yeah so it's cold working the tube more so i brought up why don't we spin the second one backwards so it tries to keep 
everything more in line, right? Yeah. And so that's finally the newer tubes go and they flex better. They feel better. It really it's, makes a difference. It makes yeah, a yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's as dumb as how you spun the things and how much cold working right. you're doing the material. Um, flex ratios. It's kind of funny because like mountain bikes, I still say mountain bikes still feel most of them to me like a 97 Honda 450 <laughs> where like the aluminum frame and the forks yeah. like, do not match yeah, at it all. Just, it just didn't work. It, it's right. come a long ways, but right. it's like mountain bike suspension just sucks compared yeah. to motorcycles. Yeah. Still yeah. Yeah. When you think of technology, right? It, yeah. And it's, but having those, having a frame match the forks and having everything flex right. Right. is such a big deal. Um, explain to our listeners, if you can, oh, by the way, before I get too far into this, uh, speaking of suspension, Koba Links designed up there in Boise, Idaho. It's a lowering suspension link from everything from Pillar to Yamaha. So if you're shorter stature, if you want to have some more confidence, you want to uh, get your suspension working a little better, Koba Links will help you uh, do that if you're a shorter stature person or your wife or girlfriend have a bike. Cobolinks uh, will dial you in with a lowering suspension link. And again, everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. And as well, uh, thanks to motorsport.com, you can get Cobolinks from them. Uh, free shipping on everything over 79 bucks. Uh, motorsport.com, UTV stuff, uh, dirt bike parts, street bike stuff. It's all there at uh, motorsport.com. Thank you to those guys. Go through the banner on uh, on pulpamex.com to uh, go to motorsport.com, and we get a small slice of that, and that helps us out. So we, 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 uh, we really appreciate that. Um, Explain to my listeners, if you can, Dan, like, so Eli Tomac, you know, well, I guess it's not totally apples to apples, but, you know, he, he, he gets Ricky Gilmore, KYB, right? And Ricky's great, smart guy. Uh, he's a test rider as well, right? Um, Tomac. Long-time friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is the magic man, right? Like, he, he's done a, a wonders for Eli to get KYB stuff working. Uh, you know, and so if people don't know, like, Kawasaki will have an in-house suspension guy, and then KYB will supply a technician as well. And Showa does this as well, and then Ricky works for KYB, right? Yeah. And, and then start, and he's Yamaha's guy. The difference between, like, Ricky Gilmore and somebody else that KYB supplies to another team is pretty big in some cases. Mm -hmm. And the team's performance will indicate that. And sometimes there's beef between the in-house suspension guy and the suspension company guy. Yeah. And that, that, like, why do we have that? Why do we have, why do we have those issues sometimes in our sport where, like, you know, like Ricky Gilmore can figure this out and other KYB guys can't, or, or the 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 factory suspension guy is mad that you know his ideas don't work or whatever. Yeah, it's like right, and the amount of. I'm like shocked by it because I actually got invited or asked to help some of those people like two years ago, uh -huh. and I just said no. I'm yeah. like, I don't want that drama in my life. Yeah, and it's politics, it's oh, drama, it's, it's, it's relationships, it's mm -hmm. so it's all that. I like Ricky, yeah, and I know him and Eli have been friends for a long time. But you know what's so funny about suspension is is um, is like selling the confidence of it, <laughs> and so at the end of the day. Like, I'm not a good salesman. Um, I think that's, I probably would have done better with a lot of the pro riders I worked with if I was just better at saying yeah. it's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. I'm too upfront. Right. It's like, there's a problem. It's probably one of these three reasons. We're going to try it this way, see if it's better. If it's not, we're going to try this way. But through these things, yeah. we're going to figure out what your problem is. Right. Where other guys sometimes, and I don't know if Ricky's this way, is um, this is just the greatest thing. And there's so many suspension guys as well. I'm going to revalve it. It's going to be the greatest thing yeah, you've ever yeah. had. And yeah, they yeah. just sell them on it. And then a rider starts to believe it. But at the end of the day, 
I know Eli is comfortable with him. They like it's from. Yeah. I want to say they work back together at like Geico, Geico were, days, yeah, right? Geico, yeah. Yeah, and so all of a sudden now you have that one guy that you truly are confident in. You know he's really looking out for you. So maybe your suspension isn't even that perfect, but you believe in it. Yeah. That's it. Like Carmichael in one Yeah. He'd get off and say, this is effing horrible. It is the worst motorcycle I have ever done. But what RC was smart enough to do, they're like, oh, we can change this and we can do this. And he's like, no. He goes, I know what it's going to do. And so I know when I hit that bump, it's going to kick me. It's going to kick me this way. Yeah, I know yeah. how to handle it. Yep. But I'm just going to go fast and deal with yeah, it. The worst part is the unpredictability. Right? Yep. Yeah. So it's like, at least I know what it's going right. to do. And I don't want to like change yeah. stuff where other riders will be changing um, the most crazy, stupidest things yeah. I've ever seen before a main event. Yeah. Like June. Yeah. In your days. Yeah. Like June. June bug. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Poor June. He, but the guys would just be giving him so much crap. This is bad. And he would just make these massive changes. And here I am, the KYB guy supposed to be guiding you. Yeah. Like, I can understand, like, a 5 or a 10% change in yeah. stiffness. But to go, like, 80%, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Chad Reed's done that. Yeah. So he's yeah, he's like, literally. Ch Chad's thing is the clickers don't do a thing. Yeah. Don't touch my clickers, Oscar. I need the whole thing revalved. Absolutely. Like, you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, and just huge swings. Yeah. And I'm just like, it, but the funny thing is he'll still go out and go fast. Yeah. And it's like, that motorcycle, there is no way it feels even <laughs> close to what you just rode it five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. How can you go this fast and deal with it? Right. But yeah. whatever, if it just doesn't. Yeah. Half the time with most of these suspension things, though, is like finding that one missing piece. Like Langston that one year, mm -hmm. he was struggling and sucking, yeah. and he ended up winning the championship, yeah. right? Yeah. Putting forks on his bike that flexed better, and it gave him that little bit more front traction, which Yamaha yeah, traction in the front's never been the greatest anyway. And um, that just gave him that confidence, yeah. and boom, it was done. Yeah. I know Gerald did a couple like shock settings after that, and then it was like the bike never got touched for the right. rest of the year. And then, if, like I said, like, yeah, so the suspension guy and the OEM guy are battling things out, and you're just like, what, what is going on here, man? Well, and the like, fact yeah. that, like, every rider has his own suspension tuner yeah. and... I never understood, too, the last few years with AC and Tomac, Adam ran Showa stuff. He ran a BFRC shock, which he didn't really like. And, yeah. and, and, and then uh, Eli ran KYB. And I know what we just said with the theory is that the, both companies are keeping each other's honest and, and pushing each other. I, I get that on a production level. But on a race team, wouldn't you want uh, Adam and Eli and your two riders to be on the exact same pro, uh, pro, uh, products and be like, hey, man. Eli's happy with this. Let's try this with Adam. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, and you would have one and, and vice versa. And like, you have one lead suspension guy that yeah. they're both confident right. in. And then use that to build. I couldn't believe when they, you know, they're one, one show, one KYB. I'm like, how, how is this working? And yeah. it didn't. It ultimately, it didn't. They're both on KYB now. Yeah. I believe, right? Adam was on switch to KYB this year? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I, I just, I never understood that. And I get the Japanese way of thinking it, but sometimes I just, when well, then you hear, like. Not for racing. No, not it for racing. It makes no sense. A and then you hear, you know, you hear, like, hey, this Showa guy, uh, uh, the rider doesn't want to work with this Showa guy anymore, so now Showa has to bring another guy in. And he works with that, sh that rider, and that Showa guy works with that rider, which has happened. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, what? Like, how is that? Productive or, or working towards a goal or anything. They just work against themselves. Yeah. And then you get then you get the family like everybody else involved with the suspension. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now Kenny brought a guy from Germany over a few times. Oh no, <laughs> I got suckered into that. Oh you did? Warren Johnson goes, Hey, Kenny's yeah. got a friend like Warren was still working with Fox and 
goes, hey, Kenny's got a suspension guy coming over. This is what he was on KTM. Yeah. And um, he he just needs a little workshop. He wants to work on some stuff for dude. Do you mind if he uses your workbench at your shop? I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Come to find out Kenny's testing stuff on the side. It's solving suspension. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Because he wasn't happy with WP then. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait. I'm like, I want nothing. <laughs> like, I am walking out of this. I, just keep me away from this. Yeah. But what was funny about it is the solving. He's like, oh, look at this. I want to show you this. So, of course, I look and they're forks. You know, Kashima coating on our tube is amazing. Like, I okay, think it's yeah. a great coating. Whatever they were doing to their stuff was actually, like, I don't know whatever happened to that company, but yeah. the low friction coatings and everything they had on that fork was truly amazing. Yeah. But I still, I'm like, I want nothing. To, like, do you want to go yeah. to track with us? Nope. No. <laughs> nope. No, nope. not, not, not at all. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, I see so much confusion, uh, um, uh, um, confusion and irritation and everything else with suspension companies and people and personalities and riders. And I'm, and I, and from the outside looking in, and I was on race teams, you know, right. I was just like, what are you guys doing, man? You know, I think I don't, if I was team manager and like just seeing Bruce and how all these different guys handled it, yeah. you need to you need to pull people in, let them speak their mind. But then you need to have that one person you're confident in that's going to make the final yeah. decision. And, and show it, a united front to the rider. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the thing is, though, is like a parent or a trainer, whoever it is, mm -hmm. if they don't feel like they're getting heard. Now they're yelling three times louder, yep. but they're also they're saying it to the rider, and then now it's the whole situation is even less confident, yeah. right? Yeah, you everybody to, wants to be the hero to the rider. Absolutely, I've got his ear. I'm the yeah. one he trusts. It's everyone wants that. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to be that that secret guy and parent, trainer, girlfriend, whatever, it whatever is. it is. And yeah. and you're just like you're you're all hurting the rider. Do you understand that? You're all hurting 100%. the rider. And, and it, I saw it over and over. And with Red Dog, when I went to factory team with him. I stepped back because he had way too many people trying to help him out. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to do righty tidy, lefty loosey, and make sure this bike stays stays together. Because I used to help him with suspension stuff and motor stuff, and give my idea and, and weigh in, and I'm out because I'm just going to confuse the guy. Yeah, you know. And, and I took this subservient mechanic role where I'm like, do do do, righty tidy, lefty loosey. You know, and the Yamaha was really that way anyway. It was kind of like, yeah, they didn't want anybody speaking. No, no, they, no. McCarty was not fun to work for. He really no. wasn't. I, I, him and I did not see eye to eye. I certainly respect everything he did in the industry, but uh, it wasn't great there. No, I even sure. I, I battled. <laughs> I remember taking notes and then saying, Keith, I'm just on the record. I do not agree with this. Yeah. And But I'm going to do it because you want it. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. like three months later, I'm getting yelled at for doing the same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like Gara, help me out here. Yeah, and he's yeah. just like. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not touching this. Right, movie. right. No, for sure. Absolutely. And you know what? The the success of Star moving away from that platform shows a little bit. <sighs> Absolutely. You know? Because I thought, and hats off to you, I'm like, this is a retirement project. Yeah, yeah. He, there's no way he's going to do good on that bike. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the Yamaha 450s. Ever since oh, the backwards it's motor. The, it's the best thing ever. It's Blue Crew. <laughs> now, they do give me a bike to ride. So, so until this newest that. chassis. Yeah. I I was not a fan of it. Yeah. Like, no, but what are we in? Twenty nineteen? Now they fixed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. huge improvement. Yeah. Yep. It's um, that. But I even thought with the, coming off Cowie and um, all, the, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, what I mean, it just it hasn't had good luck in so long. Yeah, and man, Star killed it. Like, yeah, they did. He, yeah. they really did. Yeah. Everything looks awesome. Like, yeah. what's kind of funny though is all three of those guys that switched 
all in a way look like it's kind of like they yeah. got reinvented. Yeah, yeah. Anderson. Anderson yeah, looks great. Eli looks great. Yep. When you think about it now, and well, of course, I'm one of those guys, right? So I get to sit back and watch like, look at that idiot. Look at his velvet. Right. Right? right. That bike's right. horrible. Right. But you look at anybody's bike right now. Geez, like all of it's good. Well, production bikes at this point yeah, are so yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, it really is. And the only thing I notice is when you watch the Disnations and you watch the American guys' bikes and you watch everybody else's bikes and you're like, we are way too stiff for outdoors, but that's what they're used to. They ride Supercross six, eight months of the year, and but you like that bike is not moving outdoors, but yeah, everyone right. just makes it work, you know. And the but the thing like you look at Redbud and those certain tracks, like it is so deep, hammered rough. Like they till the track so deep, and like the braking bumps are so huge. I don't think you see that anywhere in Europe. Yeah, not that big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah, we water it. We got wood chips. We mix it in with the dirt, rice holes, all this it's stuff. It's yeah. just so deep. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Dan Worley here from uh, Suspension Direct on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. So yeah, man. Uh, anything else? Did we touch? Do we need to touch on anything else? No, I think we're good. That's kind of yeah. Congratulations on on your success at Suspension Direct, man. Everything you've done in the industry. Um, Still bitter that you stepped into <laughs> such a great uh, – uh, dude, there was a mechanic. And so, like, I'm not going to tell you who he was, but there was a mechanic back in the day, and he hated you. No, I know. Brown. Oh. Okay. Alan Brown. No. Was, no? No. Todd um, Brown. Oh, Todd hated me too? Yes. Oh, I guess I'm not good. I don't Brown. think Alan did. Alan was pissed about that championship. Which, and, which championship? Uh, when I won with Roncada. Oh. And then Todd was so mad that you were a foreigner oh. <laughs> coming down. And I don't think Todd knew I was Canadian. And I was like, uh, yeah, better. man, that's really screwed up, Todd. Yeah. Yeah, that's really screwed up. Damn that foreigners. Oh, yeah, right, no. right. oh, that's priceless. And Todd was always like, and, and again, and, and I and full transparency, I was, I, 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 you were a great guy. I, you were friendly. You were pretty quiet. So you didn't talk a lot yeah. back then. But. I remember being like, Dad, that does suck. That dude just stepped into this great situation. But I, I wasn't I wasn't bitter. I just, you know. Alan Brown was mad at me, too, because he was one of the guys that didn't take the job. And and then he was with KTM. I was trying so hard yeah, to get on KTM. with KTM. Yeah. yeah, he was with KTM. So maybe that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I forget. He was yeah. pissed about the whole deal, too. Right, it was kind right, of funny. Right. Uh, also, uh, shout out to our buddy, Rookie. Uh, he's got a GoFundMe going on right now. He's got had some yeah. health problems the last little while. Um so check that out and uh, go fund me, Darren Sorensen. You can follow him on social media as well on Instagram. I mean, love rookie, awesome great, guy. great guy. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you can help him out, you can. He won a championship with Chad Reed. Certainly, great mechanic as well. So a good mutual friend of both Dan and I's. Uh, um, so please, if you can help, that'd be great. Uh, again, Pulp MX to save a suspension direct. Uh, whether it's suspension parts for hard to find uh, things, whether it's custom stuff, uh, e-click shocks, of course, for UTVs and Raptors and Jeeps and. And all sorts of vehicles as well. Um, F-250 with Carly. We're selling that. And then we actually have a new one coming out here next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Exciting. Tacoma and uh, Forerunner. Oh, Oh, wow. Toyota World. Yeah, yeah. Step into it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, that's that's great. Uh, Thanks for coming up here to the house. uh, Oh, no. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming on the Pulp Show, of course. And again, a really fascinated uh, fascinating career you've had uh, uh, coming down and... um, you know, from being a mechanic to being a suspension guy. And, and yeah, really good, Dan. So Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Bye.
This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.